0: Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the global news stories that matter. Argentina's Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner is back. The former Populist president left office in 2015 with the country on the brink of economic collapse. But if polls are to be believed, she has a good chance of returning to office in October as vice president, alongside her namesake and former chief of staff, Alberto Fernandez. Jonathan Weekly discusses how history may be repeating itself in Argentina
1: with our correspondent Benedict Manda. Un, un contrato social que nos permita entender que no hay triunfos individuales ni realizaciones individuales sino es colectiva la realización de una sociedad.
0: That was Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, extolling the virtues of collective action and saying there can be no individual triumphs in a society based on the kind of social contract that she advocates. But her Peronist policies left the country in a dire state. Benedict, can you give us a picture of the economic situation when she left office?
1: Yes. When Macri took power, he found an economy with twin deficits, both in the budget and current accounts, central bank reserves running on empty. So you basically had a country that was on the verge of a balance of payments crisis. And at the same time, you had very high inflation, although no one knows exactly how high because they stopped publishing reliable statistics. There was no growth to speak of high poverty in the order of 30%. I mean, it was in a bad way. And it's proved very difficult for Macri to correct that situation.
0: And what he's done, obviously one of the big things he's done, is turn to the IMF and Argentina's been the beneficiary of its biggest ever bailout, a $56 billion package.
1: But the IMF is still deeply unpopular in Argentina. Why is that? Yes, I mean, it's almost like a comic book villain in Argentina. I mean, it's had a very checkered performance in Argentina over the past 60 years. There have been more than 20 programs, pretty much all of which have ended badly. Most recently, the 2001 crisis was probably the worst of all. And that ended in the biggest ever sovereign debt default at the time anyway, a huge devaluation. That triggered very high unemployment. There was civil unrest. People were shot on the streets and so on. I mean, it was disastrous. So it's understandable that people have bad memories of the fund's engagement in the country. Much
0: of Argentina was brought to a standstill last week by a general strike in protest over the government's austerity measures, and we just heard, one of the organisers, Guillermo Pacanini, describing the IMF as being like the Bermuda Triangle, sucking in salaries, work, health and education. So things apparently haven't improved for the poor under the reforms agreed between the current president, Mauricio Macri, and the IMF. What are people telling you about the hardships they're facing at the moment?
1: The first thing that people say is that they just aren't able to make it to the end of the month. And that's those that are employed, right, because there's a huge amount of people that are losing jobs. But those that are earning salaries, which are not keeping up with inflation, are finding it very difficult to pay for just the most basic items. Food prices have been going up extremely fast, and utilities as well have been rising several times over. So people just can't make it to the end of the month, and that is obviously causing significant social unrest.
0: And you've been out speaking to small businesses on the outskirts of Buenos Aires. How are they putting up with things?
1: The slums and the sort of working class areas have been particularly badly hit, where there are lots of factories and workshops which are not very competitive and have been competing with imports from China that have flooded the local markets. And a lot of them have been closing down. So that's leading to mass unemployment in the poorer areas of the city, which is causing big problems.
0: And I guess those are a large part of the electorate, yeah?
1: Exactly. That's the heartland of Cristina Fernández de Kirchner, and she is likely to do very well in that part of the electorate, and it makes up for about a quarter of voters, so it'll make a significant difference.
0: Y sacar de la deuda a la Argentina sin hacerle a ningún argentino el costo de salir de esa deuda. That was Cristina Fernandez's running mate, Alberto Fernandez, no relation, saying at a rally that his coalition would eliminate Argentina's debt without making any Argentine suffer the cost. With promises like this, how is Mr Macri going to fight back?
1: Well, it's not easy. The big thing that Macri had in his favor at the beginning was that he was supposedly better at managing the economy. Now, that has not really proved to be the case, or at least not over these four years. A lot of people are now finding themselves in an almost worse position now than they were four years ago. So he's having to look for other areas to sell himself. So recently, they've been inaugurating public works, major infrastructure projects, roads, bridges, sewerage. It sounds rather prosaic, but I mean, these things do make a big difference to a lot of people. And they're hoping that that will help. And also, you have to remember that there are a lot of infrastructure projects under the previous government that were started, but were never completed. So this is also a reminder of the corruption that supposedly happened under the Kirchner's
0: You mentioned corruption there, Benedict. What about all the court cases that are going on? What bearing will that have on the election?
1: Well, that is the million-dollar question. Argentines have been known to vote into power politicians that have been accused of corruption in the past, so it's not going to be the be all and end all. I mean, it will certainly have an impact on the margins. I think that polls show that Cristina Fernandez's supporters don't actually believe the corruption charges. So I don't think that's going to affect that sector of the vote. But in the middle ground, perhaps it will. And to the extent to which it does, could even decide the election.
0: Another problem that obviously Argentina faces is that foreign investors very quickly lose trust in the country. And we've seen the huge devaluation of the currency last year and again this year. And one of the problems that we often hear about is that Argentines themselves don't trust the currency. How do you fix a problem like that?
1: Well, this is one of the great dramas of Argentina, and it's not clear to anyone. (laughs) Otherwise, they they might have uh, fixed that problem already. I mean, it'll take years, perhaps decades of macroeconomic stability for trust in the currency to return or even appear. So the first thing they need to do is kill off inflation, which has proved incredibly hard under Macri. He thought it was going to be very easy, but it's now higher than it was when he came to power. It looks like it's beginning to go on a downward path, but it's going to take a very long time to get rid of it altogether. And only then, I think, will people save in their own currency.
0: Argentine politics have been compared to a circular firing squad. Is there any sign that that pattern could be halted and that Mr Macri could engage with more moderate Peronist elements to win a consensus for his reform programme?
1: Well, at the beginning of this government, he did manage to cooperate with the more moderate elements of Peronism and was able to pass some important reforms. More recently, over the last year or even two, that has not been so successful. But there's no reason why if he does win, he couldn't do that again. But the polarization of Argentine politics is a huge problem. It was something that Macri promised to fix, and he hasn't uh that's debatable as to why. But, um, you know, this is going to be a problem going forward without a doubt.
0: And why has Cristina Fernandez chosen to run for the vice presidency rather than as president this time?
1: Well, you'd need to ask her that. I mean, it's impossible to get inside her head. But some people suggest that it may be because she thought she couldn't actually win. But then again, it's not clear that the person who is running in her place, Alberto Fernández, will win either. So it could also be that perhaps even if she did win, she thought that she might not be able to govern efficiently, or at least as she might have liked to, and how she did in her previous governments, which were characterised by the FT, amongst others, as, as sort of populist politics. And as we all know populism doesn't mix very well with austerity, and that is the situation that we're in at the moment. So she might have decided to pass the buck.
0: Thank you very much, Benedict. We will certainly be watching with great interest as we get closer to the election. That was Jonathan Wheatley talking to Benedict Mander, our correspondent in Buenos Aires. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our recent episodes on the expanding empire of Brazil's eco friendly Natura cosmetics company, the return of controversial race science, or whether Apple's App Store is stifling the competition, you can find them all on the usual podcast platforms. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat,